0: Presenting Detective Nick Harris in a salute to the law. Ladies and gentlemen, we again take pleasure in bringing to you the eminent Los Angeles criminologist and president of the International Secret Service Association, Detective Nick Harris, in another true life story proving to the youth of today the folly of committing crime.
1: now, Mr. Harris. Yes, thank you, Mr. Gibson, and good evening, everyone. Crimes in the headlines startle us when we read in the daily press articles concerning the activities of a certain class of criminals who prey upon sweethearts in parked cars. I have often endeavored to point out to my younger listeners on these programs the danger of parking in lonely and secluded places along our highways. This story you're about to hear, I am sure, will prove in a most glaring fashion just what might happen. Should this warning not be heeded, because here's what took place not so long ago. One night, in the early morning hours, a car speeded up into the hills and stopped. Shortly afterwards, there was a piercing scream, and... She's dead. She's dead.
0: No, no, she can't be. Why, why, this is murder. There's blood. I must get away. No one must see me here. There isn't a thing to identify her by, just a girl in the woods, dead. No, no, I'd better tell the police. For someone might have seen me come up here, yes? Yes, that's what I'll do. Tell the police. I'll cut through the woods here. That'll bring me out on the boulevard. Maybe uh, there'll be a policeman there. Officer! Officer! You standing over there in the corner. What's all the
1: excitement about, mister? Uh,
0: There's a woman dead up there in the hills, just around the bend from here. I I think she's been murdered. Get into my car. It's over there and wait for me. I'll phone headquarters. No, no, I haven't time to wait. I'll be late for work. Oh, I wish I hadn't got myself mixed up in this. Get into the car. I want you to go with me. Now, just where is the body? About a block from here, right up this road. It's lying in a ditch. Do you know the woman? No. I I live in the White House up there on the hill. I was making a shortcut to the place where I work, and I ran right into the body. What's your name? Fred Sharp. There's the body. Right over there. I thought at first she was asleep, but then I I saw the blood, and and I knew she was dead. You didn't touch anything, did you? No, no. I only turned her over a little so I could look at her face. I looked around a bit, but I couldn't find any clues. Be careful where you step. I don't want those auto tracks spoiled. Uh, do, do I have to wait until the rest of the policemen get here? Yeah. I want to ask you some questions. Now, just where's that dirt road lead? The writing academy. It's a, it's about two miles from here. She, she is dead, isn't she? I've been dead some time. Stabbed to the heart. She wasn't killed here, either. She was thrown from some car. Yeah, look at look at those three knife wounds on her neck. They, they form a triangle. Yeah, I see them. Superficial wounds, not deep enough to do any real harm. Last night, my wife woke up and told me she heard a girl scream. But the young people come up here and park so much, she she didn't think anything about it. They're always so noisy, laughing and screaming. Uh, You say you don't know her. Then why are you so nervous? You'll keep me out of the papers, won't you? Uh, I can't afford any sensational publicity just now. I'm running for one of the chairs in my lodge, and it might hurt my chances of getting it. Find out anything, Howell? Not much, Inspector. Only whoever did this... Smart enough not to leave a clue. As far as I can find out, there are no signs of a struggle and nothing to identify her by. Well, how about those car tracks over there? Uh, three different sets of tracks, and I checked on them. All of them stopped here and then went on. None turned around. We'd better photograph them along with the body. It looks like she'd been robbed, too. A girl as well-dressed as she is would have had some rings and probably a wristwatch. Yeah. The mark on her wrist showing she did wear a watch. No ring marks on her fingers, but they might have been loose. Well, I'll go back to headquarters in your car, Howell. You boys take care of the details and get that body to the morgue. And watch out for fingerprints. May I go now? All right, Sharp, you may go. But we may need you as a material witness. I hope not. I don't want to be mixed up in yeah. let's go. Now, if you'll just come this way with me, Mrs. Bain.
2: Oh, and oh, Laura didn't come home last night. Oh, I was so frightened. But she never stayed out all night. Oh, she's such a good girl and always so happy. Well, I,
0: I know this is hard for you, Mrs. Bain, and I wish there was some other way. But we must have someone to identify the body. Now, try to be calm. It'll be easier for you.
2: Oh, Lola. Oh, Lola, my baby. My pretty little baby. Oh, who could do this terrible thing to you?
0: Then you do recognize her?
2: Oh, yes. And it's my little girl, Lola. Oh, I'll never hear you laugh again. Oh, she was always so happy, laughing and singing about the house. Oh, she worked so hard. She was so ambitious. Oh, just see how beautiful her hair is. It always shines like gold. Lola, I oh, speak to your mother just once
0: more. Come away, Mrs. Oh. I want you to tell me just a few things. Some things that might lead us to the one who did this.
2: Oh, but I don't know. Oh, I can't think I, I can't believe it. Well, now please sit out this chair. We won't
0: be We want to know who her friends were.
2: Oh, she had lots of friends, both girls and boys. She was popular. Oh, and it isn't true that she'd been drinking. She never drank. Oh, I'm sure it isn't anyone she knew, for they all loved her too much to hurt her. Oh, oh, why should this happen to my little girl?
0: sit down, Hall, and take a load of her feet. Did Mrs. Bain recognize the body as that of her daughter? Yes, she did. Many more scenes like that, and I'll turn in my badge. Yeah. It's almost as hard enough as it is on the family of the victims. She didn't seem to know a great deal about Lola's affairs. She was in such a hysterical state, I didn't question her long. What do you know? So we located one of her girlfriends, a girl who works in the same beauty parlor. Anderson's bringing her in here. She seems to know more about Lola than anyone else we've questioned so far. Find that boy she's been running around with so much? Yeah. They quarreled about a month ago, and he hasn't seen her since. I checked his alibi. Nothing doing there. He's out. Sit down, please. You are.
3: I'm Miss Betty Sparks. Oh, isn't it terrible? Poor Lola.
0: Did you know her well, Miss Sparks?
3: Oh, I should say I did. She was my best friend. I told her a long time ago she'd better cut out that drinking, that she was headed for trouble. But she only laughed at me.
0: When did you see her laugh?
3: The night she was murdered. Who killed her? Do you know?
0: Anything unusual happened that night?
3: Nothing unusual. Only, well, you see, a crowd of us had dinner together. And then after dinner, went to a dancing place and danced until 12 o'clock. Lola didn't have a date. She just went along with her gang. When we started home, Lola told me she wasn't going. That she had a heavy date for 2 o'clock. That late? Yes. I told her she'd already been drinking too much. The thing for her to do was to go home and get some sleep. She looked like heck in the shop the next morning. Us girls have to look our best, you know. It's part of the business. You can't very well sell beauty creams to a woman if you don't look nice yourself.
0: Did she tell you with whom she had the date?
3: Not at first, but she knew I wouldn't approve. But later she did.
0: Then you know who she had the date with? What was his name?
3: I don't know his last name, but, but his first name's Carl. Oh? She didn't know him very well, but she was kind of crazy about him. She said he was a very tall, dark, and awfully good-looking. Mm-hmm. She'd only been out with him once or twice, and she said he was kind of fresh. Told her she was a fool to go out with a boy like that, and she said she could take care of herself. I see. He's a railroad engineer. Well, that'll
0: be all for now, Miss Sparks. You may go, but we'll want you later.
1: This looks like the place, Thompson. Yeah.
0: You boys go around the house and cover all the exits. Hal and I will go on in. Bell, don't ring. I'll knock. It's a woman coming to the door. Good morning. Does Carl White live here?
2: Yes, he does, but he isn't up yet. I'm his mother. He was out late last night, and I thought I'd let him sleep. He has to go on his run later on. Well, we'll really wake him up. Well, you can't come inside. Oh, no? Oh, oh, you're policeman. Uh, is there something I about? just
0: want to speak with him about his car. Where's his room?
2: Uh, down the hall here.
0: Come on, Carl, and watch out. There may be trouble.
2: This is his room right here. Carl! Carl, wake up. There are some men out here who want to speak to you. I'll have to go in. He sleeps so soundly. I'll wake him. Carl. Carl, wake up. It's Mother. <gasps> whoa,
4: whoa. What time is it, Mom? Carl, wake up. Oh, let me alone. I want to sleep.
0: Come on, pull yourself together. with the police. I want to ask you some questions. But the police? Yes, get your clothes on and no funny business. Okay. Where is your driver's license? What's over there on the dresser. Get it, Hal. Uh, are you
2: sure you're not in trouble again, Tom? Oh, of
4: course not, Mom. Go on out so I can dress.
2: Oh, I hope so.
4: Ever know a girl by the name of Lola? Sure, Lola Bain. She's a fine girl. Pretty as a picture. She has lots of red, gold hair and blue eyes. Sure, I know her. What about her?
0: Take a look at the morning paper.
4: Lola Bain murdered? Well, what do you know about that?
0: I told that girl she'd better watch her step. Oh, you seem surprised. Didn't you see yesterday morning's paper? Um, no, I didn't see a paper all day yesterday. What do you ask isn't that? Isn't that yesterday's paper there under the edge of the bed? Oh, well, somebody must have thrown it. Never see this knife before? Yeah, that's a good-looking hunting knife. It looks sharp, too. Where'd you find it? It was thrust down between the cushions
4: in your car. Oh, well, you never found it in my car.
0: I never saw it before.
1: Well, that's your car standing under the palm tree in front of the
0: house, isn't it? Yes, but I always park it there. Well, I found this knife in your car, and the tracks that go up into the hills where the body of Lola Bain was found were made by your car. You killed her with this knife. You might as well come through and tell us about it. We had a date with her at 2 o'clock the night she was killed. You met her in front of the Mason Hotel. She got in your car and drove away with you. Oh, and... Oh, uh... It's quick work, boys. And I thought I didn't leave a clue. What did you do with her jewelry? Oh, her
4: rings and watch her over there in the top dresser drawer. I kept them to remember her by
0: she was a swell kid. Where's her hat, her handbag, and her gloves? Well, I dumped them in the ash can in the alley back of the house here. Are these the rings and watch? Yeah. Gee, you fellas think of everything. Why did you cut that triangle on her neck? You made those three cuts. Well, I, I cut them to see she'd bleed.
4: She didn't, so I knew she was dead. Well, after I'd killed her, I stood around and smoked for a while. Then I took her out of the car and dumped her into the ditch. And then I went home and went to bed. Why did you kill her?
0: Had you been quarreling? Well, after i picked her up, we drove up into the hill...
2: Same old thing, day after day, year in and year out. I get up in the morning, go to work, work all day, home at night and to bed.
4: <laughs> I guess not home. You're out with your gang every night making movies.
2: Oh, well, I have to do something or I go crazy. Sometimes I wish I were dead. I wish I was dead
4: right now. Uh, oh, no, you don't. Think of the fun you'd miss. And remember, when you talk like that, you'll be dead a long time. You better hang on as long as you can. Do you want to go home? no.
2: Still wouldn't care if I died this very night. Oh, I would. I know you wouldn't. You'd forget all about me in less than a week. I don't think my family would care very much. Hmm, you
4: are low tonight.
2: of course you would miss me for a little while, but they'd soon get over it. I'm fed up.
4: I wish I had some poison. I'll
2: take it right now.
4: Why poison? There are lots of quicker ways than that to kick off. Well, what would you suggest? This. Huh, a knife. Where'd you get that hunting knife? Oh, I've had it a long time. It's sharp, too. Here, still while I put it up against your cheek. You feel how nice and cool it is?
3: Yeah. The knife would be quicker.
4: Right there below the edge of your dress, where your neck looks so white in the moonlight. Just one swift blow over the heart, and you'd never smile again. Do you want me to do it? (laughs) You wouldn't have the nerve. Oh, no?
2: No, you wouldn't dare. I dare you.
4: Just one swift, sure blow like this. Oh, no! That's how it happened. Gee, I don't know why I did it. Maybe if she hadn't have dared me to do it. What makes a man do things like that? I didn't have any reason at all. I, I just did it. I just had to do it. Something
1: made me. Carl White had been in trouble all his life. Had been in reform school and arrested for theft. He claimed he had purchased the knife several months before. But police later discovered that he'd bought the knife the day of the murder. Whether he killed the girl on the impulse of the moment as he claimed he or or had planned it will never be known. So again, I repeat, be careful of the company you keep.
0: Thank you, Mr. Harris. Ladies and gentlemen, you have just heard Detective Nicholas B. Harris, chief of the internationally known Los Angeles detective agency, bearing his name in another true-life drama entitled Murder on Impulse. Fictitious names and places have been used throughout this narrative, and any similarity to persons living or dead is purely coincidental. This story was dramatized for radio presentation by Adela Comer and is a Carolyn and Carol production. Mr. Harris wishes me to thank the following cast of characters. Louise Bradford as Lola Bain, Betty Lee as Betty Sparks, Bob Schopfer as Fred Sharp, Mary Ryan as Mrs. White, Lenore Thompson as Mrs. Bain, Bob Fulton as Carol White, Charles E. Bender as Detective Thompson, and George Thomas as Officer Howell. Wesley Turtellock was at the console of the electric organ. Mr. Harris will again be heard next Sunday afternoon at 12.30 over this same station. This program originated in our main studios. You are tuned to station KECA Los Angeles.